All right, everybody, welcome back for another week of the Building with Brevin podcast, uh, where we cover everything and anything that pertains to the custom home building process. So we're happy to be back for week four, and this is episode number four, consequently. Um, this is a really special one because we've got my dad, also Brian's dad, since we're brothers, but uh, Mike Burns is, or Mike is on the podcast, and uh, he's excited to share some more information about uh, basically what to look for when you guys are searching for a lot, right? You think you've narrowed down your area and you think you've found a couple lots that may work for you, but what exactly do you need to be looking for from a building perspective uh, that is going to really help make your custom home building process better? So anyways, kind of a quick little introduction there. Um, but what I'd like to do is have Mike introduce himself and uh, give a little bit of background on, you know, how you got here, dad, and um, your qualifications, I guess. Very good. Well, thank you for having me on, Stephen. I'm very honored and delighted to be here today. Um, first, a little bit about my background. Uh, I have been in the home building business, uh, mostly residential, for the better part of 25 years. I have been project manager. Uh, I have built uh, probably over a thousand homes in my lifetime. I have been an instructor at a construction careers academy teaching construction. I have been an adjunct professor at some local colleges uh, teaching on that level. Uh, I also do inspections. So I'm pretty well versed in the field of residential construction. Excellent. Yeah, I would uh, I would definitely agree, right? A little biased as your son, but no, that's um, <laughs> definitely some good qualifications there. Um, yeah, you come with a lot of background, a lot of knowledge, and you actually have people that have paid you to consult them on their custom homes. So I think that's kind of a special little treat too, that you can help provide the listeners with. Yeah. Right. I, I do come with a lot of experience and, and probably a lot of suggestions for people out there looking to get started in the process too. Awesome. I can assure everybody, this is not going to be the last podcast that uh, Mike, my father is on. So, you know, stay around and keep listening to our other podcasts as he's going to, be sure to uh, be featured on other podcasts as well. So um, without further ado, let's jump into the topic of this podcast, which is all about land and lots, right? What people need to be looking for as they're shopping for their dream location, dream lot uh, for their dream home, right? So uh, I think what we can do here, Dad, is uh, maybe kind of narrow down how they find a location first. We'll let you handle that. And then we'll kind of go into this acronym that we've come up with called TUTS. T-U-T-S, and uh, we'll dive into what each of those letters stands for a little bit more that will hopefully be a nice little handy reminder as people are walking lots or looking at lots on Zillow or um, anything along those lines to just be a little nice reminder of what they should be aware of. So yeah, if you want to jump into it, what should be yeah. what should people be looking for with location? Well, you know, um, the old adage in real estate is location, location, location you have to purchase something that is going to hold its value and uh, reap the benefits of appreciation at some point in the future. So the location is the primary thing that you're looking for when you're purchasing a home or even specifically a lot. Uh, some of the things to maybe consider when you're looking at location, uh, people generally like to be close to shopping. Uh, they also like to be uh, close to schools or at least the school district is important. So. Uh, you can do some research on how good the school district is, how they perform, and getting into a better school district assures a better resale value down the road. So um, the other thing might be <clears throat> entertainment, where 
some if you live way out in the uh, the boonies somewhere, uh, you're not going to be close to uh, downtown if you like to go to uh, movies or shows or uh, you know just kind of do the uh, the downtown thing. So location uh, is really important for those three things. School shopping and entertainment are the are the ones that I put a whole lot of value on. Excellent. Yeah, I really like what you said there about, um, you know, resale value. That's something that I think some people, you know, come into this custom home building process thinking that they're never going to sell, right? You know, this is my forever home. We hear that all the time. And we love that, uh, that people have that intent of building a home to be their forever home. But, you know, life happens one way or another. And sometimes you do have to be focused on resale. So that brings up a really good point that, yeah, school districts and location are really important whether you're going to be living there forever or, you know, at some point somebody's going to be selling this most likely. So definitely something to keep in mind for people that are, you know, at any point thinking about potentially selling their home in the future. So, yeah, for um, sure. and, and you want to buy something that's going to hold, hold your value or hold its value. And, and that's something certainly to consider. Yep. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, so I think like we mentioned, you know, TUTS, T-U-T-S is kind of the, the acronym that we were able to come up with as we we're putting our heads together, figuring out, you know, what's an easy way for these listeners to remember uh, something as they're trying to make a decision on a lot. Um, so what would you say for the first T, um, you know, with topography and size, maybe you can help us break down what they need to be looking for. And for people that aren't familiar, what is topography exactly? And what, what are we looking for on the size of a lot? Well, no, you make a good point. Um, topography is just another fancy word for lay of the land, how much slope it has, how mountainous it is, how flat it is. So topography is a, um, a very important aspect when you're trying to find a lot. Um, also, let me just kind of back up a second. Always find the lot before you design your home. Uh, you always want to design a home for the lot, not vice versa. So um the topography might be the single most important thing to find and to look for when you're for purchasing the lot. You're looking for things like uh, how steep is my driveway going to be? Uh, maybe where the drainage is. Are other people's yards draining through your yard? Is the uh, uh, topography or the hill so steep that you're going to have to do some rock clearing or some uh, a whole lot of lot preparation to get the house to fit? So these are all things that you want to take into consideration. Uh, if if you're trying to build a really large one-story home, you're going to probably want something that's really a long, flat lot. Um, if you're building a two-story, it might be more conducive to something that's a little bit more hilly uh, because your footprint on the foundation is going to be a little bit smaller and maybe a lot less preparation to get the, the foundation where it needs to be to build the home. So topography is really, really important to, um, to look at when you're picking out a lot. That's excellent. Yeah, really, really good feedback there. Um, you know, and I, I think you're absolutely right that topography is a, is a really big consideration. You know, it can determine whether you should be building a one story or a two story. It can determine where you should put your house on your lot. Um, and it can also determine a lot of your costs as well. Right. So foundations that are much bigger and higher off the ground than they need to be, um, clearing, you know, doing rock chipping or clearing out the lot, um, can also add a lot of costs as well. So definitely, yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. Now with size, I mean, size is just a little side note here on this topic, but the size of the lot can vary greatly. Of course, we're talking all the way from comparing a lot in square footage, all the way up to comparing a lot in acreage, right? So 
when you're comparing a lot in square footage, typically it's smaller, maybe a quarter acre, half acre, something that's less than an acre usually. Um, as you get over that acreage mark, that's where they're going to start counting lots in acreage size. Now, you want to be aware of road frontage. You want to be aware of the direction the lot faces. Um, you know, and all that size is going to contribute to how big of a home you can depending on if you have to have a septic on there as well, lot cut, like you were talking about with topography. Absolutely. Um, those are all things to be aware of. Yeah, all good points. Awesome. Well, cool. Um, I guess our next letter in the acronym of TUTS is going to be the U, which is for utilities. So can you uh, touch a little bit more on that? Yeah, you know, that's something that most people overlook uh, when they're picking out a lot. They uh, just pick out the lot and then they realize that, well, maybe uh, maybe there's no water service to this lot. Maybe there's no gas service to this lot if you're big on having natural gas. <clears throat> maybe um, there's no sewer and you have to put in a septic system. I've seen many custom builders, Stephen, take a lot, uh, put, try to put a house on it. And the house was too big for the lot and there wasn't enough drainage for the uh, the septic system, either the spray system or the drip system. So you really have to keep that in mind. Also um, on the side, the if you've set the house really far back on the lot, the length of your runs, if you do have a sewer hookup or a water hookup, um, the length of the run from the street has to be taken into consideration for cost purposes. So the farther back you are on the lot, the more expense you're going to have running your utilities, your electric, your water, your gas, uh, maybe even um, you know you might have to put a well in. So know what's on the lot before you purchase it and be willing to spend the money for a well or be ready to spend the money for a septic system because these are these are relatively large expenses that you may not know about before you purchase that lot. Excellent. Yep. That um I like what you said there about the uh basically just some of the unknowns and uh, the runs from the street and also in a house not being able to fit with all the utilities that it needs. You know, that's unfortunately something that people do run into. Um, and it can be a result of not consulting a, a builder early enough on in the process, right? Realtors are great. Yeah. They can kind of help connect you with sellers of property and land. But uh, if a realtor is not well-versed in building homes, that's where you can kind of get, you know, into a little bit of trouble there if you're not aware of septic and everything else that needs to fit on with your home. So if you're going for one of those somewhat smaller tracks or you're doing a really big home on a relatively smaller lot, you need to be aware of how you're going to fit everything on there. And if you're not, we highly recommend you, uh, you know, find a local builder that can consult you on that and make sure that you're making a good decision before you go out and buy um, that piece of dirt. Yeah. And be careful of the builders that, that use those as uh, an allowance. You don't want a builder to give you an allowance for utilities because that can be, you can spend 40, 50, 60, $80,000 on utilities over and above the cost of the home. So if you have a number that you're trying to stay within for the home budget, you know, utilities can take you $40,000, $50,000 over that cost if you don't know what your, your utilities are going to cost and what exactly you need to, to hook up your house. Nice. Yep. Yep. Really good point there that somebody, whether it's the, the client or the builder needs to go out and do that legwork up front to make sure that, you know, you're not going to be slapped with that uh, really hefty fee or cost of the utilities being run to the lot. So, uh, all right. yeah, all great points. Awesome. So moving on with this acronym. So we've already covered the first T, which was topography. We've covered the U, which was utilities. 
that third or the second T, but third letter is going to be for trees. And, and that can be a little bit more broad than just the trees, but really anything on the lot that you need to be aware of as far as clearing or excavating or prepping for that house pad. So um, can you jump into that one a little bit more? Yeah, you're exactly right, Stephen. Uh, you know, trees, it's kind of a simple one, maybe even um, self-explanatory, but, you know, a lot of lots have these huge uh, 100-year-old oaks on them. You might want to design a house around that particular tree. You might want to find uh, a lot that has shade trees for whatever the purpose are. But, you know, be aware that it does cost money to take trees out uh, in certain areas, at least in San Antonio. You may have to pull a tree permit. Uh, and get permission from the city to take out trees because you may have to replace the amount of uh, caliper inches in trees if you do take some out. But, uh, you know, you want to try to save trees because trees, uh, in the end, they sell houses. But um, if, if it's right where the house has to go, then you do have to remove the trees. And, and also, um, this may be going a little deeper than what we wanted to today, but when you take a tree out, you want to make sure you get the root ball out because a lot of people just cut the tree down and build the house on top of the stump. Well, that stump is going to rot and create a problem too. So, um, you know, be aware of where the trees are, where you want to place the house. And um, certainly trees, trees do sell homes and a lot of other builders actually charge a premium for a lot that has trees. So just some things to consider with the trees. Awesome. Yes. Um, good little golden nugget there on the uh, trees, you know, removing the root ball and making sure that you're getting everything prepared for that successful foundation and ultimately the successful build of the home. Um, yeah. One other thing, I mean, it's kind of a funny saying, but it's a lot easier to take a tree out than it is to put it back. So, uh, you know, something to keep in mind when you're considering clearing a lot, you know, what trees are you going to have to take out to put your home on there? And just like you were saying, um, you know, being really aware when you're designing that home, because you've picked a lot first, you've done things in the right order. Um, just making sure that you're designing the home around those special trees or the ones that you want to keep. So, yeah, I, yeah. I like that. I, that's really good advice, Stephen. And I like your little saying, it's easier to take a tree out than it is to replace it. And and what, what uh, we typically do is we don't take trees out that are kind of questionable. We'll leave them in until we absolutely have to take them out. So if there's a tree that we want to save, uh, we don't just randomly um, cut all the trees down and then worry about it later. We'll leave trees in until we see kind of where the house is going to set and, you know, if, if it's going to be in the way of the driveway or not. And we try to work our topography and our driveway around where the trees are to save as many as possible. Yep. Really good point. I think a good time to bring this up is right now that when you get a survey for a lot, you can ask the seller if you're purchasing the lot or if you're purchasing it when you're in that scrub period, it's always a good time or a good, um, a really good idea to get a survey for that lot, right? And the survey can include yes. the boundary of the lot, of course, to make sure you know exactly where your property lines are, make sure nothing's encroaching it. Furthermore, you know, somebody's fence or other people's property or anything like that. Um, and then also on that survey, they're gonna include the utilities. Usually if the utilities are on the lot, um, you can have them include the topography for an additional fee where they'll come out, they'll pull the, uh, you know, the drops and make sure you know exactly where your houses or lot and stuff is supposed to be positioned most obviously for you. And then you can also have them include trees, right? So trees are a valuable thing to include on those topography and boundary surveys as well, uh, especially at that early on planning stage for an architect and anybody else. Yeah, you, you touched on a good point, Stephen. Uh, and we probably miss it with the utilities, but when you get a site plan drawn, uh, positioning your home on the lot 
uh, it's going to show where the easements are. And the easements are areas that have utilities in them, but you can't build on that. So, you know, your lot may not be as big as you think it is if you have utility easements in the way. So, uh, you know, along with getting the survey, the trees and the, to the top topography survey, uh, you know, it's going to show where the easements are. And it's really important to know where those are because that could limit where you put the home. Yep. Awesome. See, this is why we bring you on. You got the uh, the good experience. I actually almost forgot about that, but a uh, really, really good point for people to be aware of on those easements. Because you're right, that can definitely cut down with setbacks and easements. You could cut down your lot almost in half sometimes, just depending on how. Yes, exactly. Well, cool. Yeah, let's, uh, I think a good way to wrap this up is with the last letter, of course, but this is also a fun one to talk about. And that last letter of the acronym is going to be the S, which is for special features of the lot. So this could be a ton of different things, but let's try to keep it a little brief, you know, and just keep it to the most important ones. Um, and so that way the, the listeners can kind of sift through it as they need. Special features could be a lot of different things. So tell me what that means to you. Yeah, well, special features means to me are what what are the assets that make the lot more valuable, at least more valuable to you? Uh, is it a view? If you're on a mountaintop or a top of a hill and you have a view, that's going to increase uh, the value of the property. It's certainly going to be more pleasant for you to set up a, maybe a, a dining room or a living room or something to take advantage of that view. So that's going to probably determine how you position the home or maybe putting a room in the back of the house or the front of the house to take advantage of that view. Uh, you may find a lot with a pond on it with water, and um, that, that's something that also would add to the value of the property. Uh, some lots have creeks running through them, and um, that's kind of nice to hear the kind of the babbling water uh, that will also add. But on the other hand, a special feature of the creek, you have to make sure the creek doesn't flood. Make sure you're out of a flood zone. Uh, and um, lastly, is a special feature might be the sun direction. So if you're annoyed by the east-west movement of the sun, then make your house face north-south. But if you plan on spending a lot of time in the backyard in the evenings, then you probably don't want the evening sun. So you probably don't want your backyard uh, to face westward because you're going to get the evening sun coming from the west. So just just some of the little things to think about, that little, uh, little cookies of information about this could make my lot better, or could make it worse. So anyway, so those are some of the special features that I look for that could improve the value and the enjoyment of your lot. Man, I, I think you nailed that. Honestly, I, I couldn't think of better points than the ones you did that uh, really sum that special features topic up the best. And uh, just to elaborate a little bit more on what you said, but, you know, some special features are very obvious too. you know, a lake front lot or a golf course lot, you know, those kind of things, of course, are obvious sure. and are most of the times baked into the sales price of that lot. Um, but every once in a while, you'll come across a lot that has special features that aren't very apparent, right? Sometimes they come with some perks of um, of resale. Like, for instance, some of the lots that we deal with have a membership waiver to a, a country club or a resort these lots are close to, right? So that's kind of a cool little feature that nobody would see as they're driving by. You know, it's not a, a physical or visible feature, um, but just little things like that, right? So every almost every lot that has a special feature... Um, can be more advantageous when you're purchasing it, right? And uh, and just like you said, you know, some special features come with a little bit of uh, 
I guess, downsides as well, like a creek or even some lakefront properties. You got to be very aware of flood zones. Even, and stuff even, like that. even, even some of the golf course lots, you know, if, if you're in a drop yeah. zone for a golf course, you may not be able to use your backyard. So, yeah, you paid extra for a golf course lot, but you're not going to be able to swim on the weekends if golfers are coming through dropping golf balls in your pool. So, yeah, it's some some of the hidden features, some of the things are may not be positive features, although you think they may be. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's a good, good little aside there. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think this is kind of a quick crash course on lots and what to look for as you're looking for land. Um, you know, I, I hope that that acronym of TUTS, T-U-T-S, is something that people can take away from this episode and try to remember as they're searching lots. Um, you know, of course, working with a local realtor or a local, um, you know, professional that knows about real estate in your area would be a really good opportunity or a good good way to proceed forward with shopping for a lot, um, simply for the fact that they have a lot of experience and they know the area and they can kind of help guide you through that that lot shopping process. Um, cool. Any final notes on what we've talked about, Dad, as we try uh, to wrap you know, this up? I, I, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, real quick, I, I love the acronym TUTS for those uh, reminders when you're looking at a lot. Um, but the last little thing, <clears throat> besides location, which I think is also a very big one, but uh, the last one is move into an area. If, if you're spending a lot of money in your home, you want some area that has a strong HOA or the ACC, that's the Homeowner Association or the Architectural Control Committee, and make sure that they're enforcing the deed restrictions because that's ultimately going to affect your home. You don't want to have a million dollar home and then the guy next door has a house or a car up on blocks or puts a shed in their front yard or something. So uh, that's just all, something else to, cons uh, to consider uh, kind of outside of the TUTS acronym. So just make sure it has a good HOA and they, they do enforce the deed restrictions. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I really, really like that. And, you know, it's somewhat surprising as I see, thing, see things on forums and online is that HOAs can kind of be a polarizing topic. Some people really, really like them and some people really don't. You know, some people want to have that freedom and flexibility to do what they want with their land. So if that's you, I think you know that, right? And, um, you know, you can try to search for a place that does not have an HOA or an ACC, but you did bring up a really good sure. point that for people people that want some protection on the resale of their home and not have a, a lawnmower shop or somebody who's doing small engine repair next to your, your exactly. point, you know, multi-million dollar home, those HOAs and ACCs definitely help with those kind of things. Yeah, very good, for sure. And I guess real quick, just for people that aren't familiar, HOA stands for a homeowners association. That could also be a property owners association, POA. Uh, and then an ACC is going to be an architectural control committee. Uh, those are typically the governing bodies of neighborhoods, developed communities that really make sure that everything is kind of fitting to the aesthetic that they're going for in that neighborhood. So they can be good, they can be bad, but they, um, you know, and overall they, they hold the line and they are, the ones that are responsible for making sure the neighborhood is what it's supposed to be. So um, awesome. Well, yep. very cool. Very good. Yep. And, and just lastly, pick the lot before you pick the house, build the yep. house for the lot and, and make it, make it fit all the things that we've talked about. And, and you're going to have a, a beautiful property when you're finished. Awesome. Well, very good. Um, Dad, Mike, can't thank you enough for joining this podcast. And thank you, uh, I'm sure I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the listeners are going to love this one. Sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. We'll have you back for another Very one good. here in the near future. But uh, with that being said, this will wrap up episode number four and uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one.